everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Bold Predictions brought to you by us at Inside Nebraska. He is Greg Smith. He is Steve Mark. He is Jeff Ekstrom. I'm Zach Carpenter. And today, boys, we're talking about a homecoming game, another night game at Memorial Stadium. Last one didn't go as well for uh, for the Huskers, but uh, we all predicted it might um, with the loss to the 45-42 loss to Georgia Southern. But it's round two, right, Greg? They get another shot at, at cashing in under the lights. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's always a, a special thing. And I know M Mickey Joseph has been asked a couple of times this week about being able to play a night game at Memorial Stadium and what that's like. So yeah, being able to kind of cash in on that um, is a big deal. We'll get, you know, Thunderstruck 2.0. Uh, we'll be back this week uh, between the third and the fourth quarter. And this is the first time I've ever thought about that ahead of the game. It always surprises me. Um, so yeah, it'll be a good weekend. Yeah, I don't think... I wasn't ready because I didn't, I wasn't aware of uh, the light show and everything <laughs> in the third and fourth quarter. Like I didn't, I didn't know it was going to be like that. And it's something I had been pulling for them to do at Ohio state for three years. And then I'm like, Oh, I got my wish. So should be an electric electric uh, atmosphere though. Right, Steve, I, I'm sure it could, could make a difference. Yeah. And I'm, I'm expecting a close game. So I think, you know, at the end of the third quarter, start of the fourth, just to get those, get the juices pumping again. Um, I always think that the other team gets into it just as much as the Huskers do. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm expecting a close game. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how both teams react um, in the fourth quarter after that show. It's always something interesting to to keep an eye on. Yeah, it always is kind of an interesting wrinkle when there's an electric crowd like that. It's like, yeah, it gets the home home team fired up and the players fired up. But there's an opposite side of that coin, too, where all right, we know this is a big deal, big environment. It's not going to be a sleepwalking type of game where it's played in front of like 30,000, 40,000 fans in front of an empty stadium. But Jeff, you're the one who uh, talked about um, before the Georgia Southern game, the sort of the um, the environment we could be seeing. So uh, you'll be there too with uh, covering the game with us. What, uh, what are your thoughts on just the setup of this game? It's interesting. It's obviously a night homecoming game. I mean, going into that Georgia Southern game, Nebraska was 48 and nine, I believe at all time Memorial stadium night games. And obviously they lost this one. So um, I think it's a different dynamic. Cause I feel like it's a little awkward. You have a program who's reeling one and three, and then they open resume after bye week at a night game. So I'm interested to see what kind of response that gets from the team because uh, it's just a little weird timing. I don't know if it's just me, but it just seems a little weird timing with home game after a bye with the program at one and three. Yeah, a little weird uh, environment with a lot of things going on with the, the changes at the top, national coaching search going on in the in the background. But we could be wind up seeing one of the one of the better atmospheres that uh, that we'll see all year at Memorial Stadium. Um, a, lot, a bunch of former players coming back for homecoming and. Setting up, setting up nicely, at least going into the game. So, Greg, uh, without further ado, um, you're you're in the in the tee box now, um, leading us off. What's your first What's your first bold prediction for this matchup against Indiana? 
All right. I feel the pressure uh, being the leadoff hitter here. Uh, I'm going to go with Travis Vokalek will have at least at least six catches in this game. Um, and once again, I picked that number uh, for, for a very specific reason, because six is the amount that he has um, on the season right now, uh, which is kind of odd to say. But if you think about it, it makes sense. He had five early in that game against uh, Northwestern over in Ireland. He looked great um, to kick off the season before getting injured. He missed the next two games. And then last week, he only had one. And I think Steve and I were, I think Steve was the one that mentioned this to me that like, hey, he only had one catch in that game. And I was kind of surprised because you thought with him coming back, um, that they would target him a little bit more game kind of gets away from him and all of that. We saw how it went. Uh, but I think that this week, he'll be a lot closer to 100%. It was something that it kind of went under the radar, I thought, um, throughout the week. I don't think that that was brought up a whole lot. And listen, it's not like there's not, you know, any number of storylines to dive in to right but it didn't come up a lot um and I, I think that Travis getting back to 100% this week will be a huge security blanket for Casey Thompson um and I see him getting at least six catches this week yeah it feels like we talked about vocal X health every every week except for uh except <laughs> for this week and he finally might be back to full 100% health um uh, it's interesting dynamic uh Steve wait what do you got for for your first one yeah, so I'm kind of going with the Indiana angle here, and Indiana is going to rack up five sacks on Nebraska. And that just kind of stems from the upheaval, the the kind of bad situation that is Nebraska's offensive line right now. Um, so we know that left tackle Teddy Frahaska is out for the season with an injury. We know that Kevin Williams Jr., who's kind of a utility lineman, he can play tackle and guard, he's out for at least three weeks with a high ankle sprain, probably even more. Um, if anybody, you know, watches sports, you probably heard about high ankle sprains and how they're notorious for um, kind of taking a very long time to, to heal. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the offensive line at Nebraska is not very good right now. And just doing a little research on Indiana, they've got, I know, Zach, you you know him well, Desan McCullough, a true freshman, six foot five, 230 pound edge coming off screaming off the edge he's had a heck of a debut um a start to his career he's the highest rated recruit in indiana football history comes from good a uh, good family a good coaching background um his dad was a kansas city chiefs running backs coach and he's at notre dame now if i'm um correct and then um yeah just Desan mccullough he can get after the quarterback cam jones is a really impressive fifth year middle linebacker who had a heck of a debut um, this season against Illinois, which is a really hard fought win uh, for, for Indiana. Um, but man, those two guys can really get after the quarterback and um, just watching some of Indiana's games, what they do up front with slants and twists and just a whole bunch of movement things to try to confuse Nebraska uh, offensive lines. Um, as, as we've seen this season, Nebraska just does not handle that well when, when guys are, when there's just a lot of movement in front of them. Um, Mark Whipple, the Nebraska offensive coordinator, has uh, said on Tuesday that a lot of those um, sacks that Nebraska gave up against Oklahoma came from miscommunication, communication errors. Um, and so we'll, we'll see what that looks like. I, I'm not optimistic that things are going to go well. So for my one bold prediction, Indiana is going to rack up five sacks on, on Nebraska on Saturday. And we're, we're seeing a common theme with Steve each week, boys. Uh, every time he does his film reviews, he falls in love with one player on the team. I think it was the North Dakota receiver. 
Um, mm. <laughs> I love Garrett it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Garrett Stagg, who was the Georgia Southern receiver? Uh-oh. I can't remember. Oh, it was the big kid, name, right? Wasn't he really big? Ball oh. For a week. Uh, yeah, and, uh, Jeremy Singleton, transfer from Houston. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so then we got Cam Jones, the linebacker. Um, for, and Desan McCall. Don't forget about Desan. Yeah, Desan, uh, like you said, know him pretty well. He was committed yep. to Ohio State for about eight months, uh, covered him very, uh, very extensively uh, in, on the recruiting trail. Good, good kid, talented kid. Um, he wound up flipping to Indiana once his, his dad took over as Indiana's running backs coach and associate head coach. His, his, uh, older, his younger brother committed there in the 23 class. His older brother transferred from Miami, Ohio to Indiana. So all those th- three things lining up. I've never seen a flip from, uh, from Ohio State or any other program that was just yeah. universally. I didn't see one person in the Twitter streets or the message board, uh, message board communities saying like oh that like what a terrible decision out it was like universal oh yep we get it like that makes sense it's like a once in a lifetime opportunity of course now his dad's over at Notre Dame but Desan's a really good talent he's the he's the one player on Indiana Indiana's roster who I'm looking forward to the most of of watching just because background of knowing him pretty well but um yeah you talk about the offensive line being in shambles and I'll get into that but with Kevin Williams the the high ankle sprain, I, uh, Mickey Joseph was asked about it. And then he said that uh, twice he said, yeah, Kevin just had surgery for it. And I I thought for a second, I thought I was just hearing things or like maybe I was just thinking back to him talking about AJ Allen. I'm like, do you say surgery? Like, I don't, I think I just misheard him, but uh, high ankle sprain surgery is not a common thing you hear, right? <laughs> No, it's not something that you usually hear. Like, and it that does not that doesn't scream two to three weeks um, yeah, to you. Yeah. But we'll see. I guess stranger things have happened. I guess advances in medicine. We'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Should we start getting to the intricacies? I'm going to set up Jeff for uh, to tell us about the intricacies of modern medicine and in. Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> but Jeff, uh, <laughs> after all that, after all that discussion, what is your first bold prediction here? Well, I think I'm going to go with Indiana's offense in the quarterback, Connor Baslack, if I'm saying that correctly. Transfer from Missouri, um, and Steve, you did a nice job with your breakdown with uh, showing how strong of an arm he has, but he's been pretty inconsistent this year. Seven touchdowns, four interceptions, and Indiana's going to air out the ball on Saturday. Uh, Nebraska's struggled to stop the passing game a little bit this year, and I think that's going to be a struggle again. Uh, But I think... With how inconsistent Spazlock has been, I think Nebraska grabs a couple of interceptions, at least two interceptions on Saturday. Uh, with his strong arm, that means Indiana's going to be confident in taking shots downfield. And I think the best part of that secondary for Nebraska this year has been Marcus Buford and Miles Farmer. Buford coming off a couple games ago had two interceptions. Um, so I think Nebraska is situated down uh, deep downfield and i think Indiana's is going to take a couple shots and i think it's going to result in a couple of interceptions for the huskers yeah jeff i'm so my, my second bold prediction i was going to talk about was um was along your same line so i'm i'm going to go two for one i'm going to say both my bold predictions here before i let you guys uh finish it out and then we get the final scores because i i'm thinking the same thing i'm thinking they get at least one if not two turnovers and um i i 
also predicting a, an interception. I think Buford's a prime candidate to, to get that because I was looking it up earlier, um, uh, the Big Ten stats and just around uh, college football nationally. And Nebraska has only forced five turnovers this season, which is 11th in the Big Ten. They're 12th in the Big Ten with a, a minus two, negative two turnover margin. But when you're sort of dissecting those turnovers, uh, other than the one, the fumble force against Oklahoma in garbage time in the third quarter, the other four have all been game-changing, momentum-shifting plays. Like Nebraska has been giving up a ton of yards. I mean, they've been giving up a ton of points. 35.5 per game is, again, last in the Big Ten. So, again, it's one of the worst defensive numbers in the conference. But when they've when they've had those opportunities, when they've taken advantage of those turnover opportunities, they become huge. I mean, the uh, Marcus Buford's uh, uh, forced fumble against Cam Porter against Northwestern, it was 21-17. That led directly to a 28-17 lead. Garrett Nelson's strip sack against North Dakota is 14-7. That led to a 17-7 lead. And then Buford again, he's a common name around here. He had the two, both of his interceptions changed the, the, uh, the landscape of that game with the first half interception. It's a 14-14 tie. That interception leads to a touchdown, 21-14. And then his second interception um, in the fourth quarter, it, it looked like that was shaping up to be a potential season-defining play as him and him, him and Nelson teamed up for that, with Nelson putting the pressure on and um, I believe getting a hand on the ball and Buford snagging that at the two-yard line because that set up a 15-play, 98-yard drive for that Casey Thompson engineered. And it's like, to go up uh, 42-38 against Georgia Southern, and that looked like it was going to be, okay, that's that's a, a season-defining um, turnover. And I, I just, again, Indiana's passing offense, I think, is going to go off in this game. Um, and Connor Basilek, I think is how you pronounce his name. Um, yep. I have him, for my other bull prediction, I have him throwing for a career high, a uh, Hoosier career high, in passing yards. Um, this is his fifth game since transferring from Mizzou. At Mizzou, he he threw uh, for 406 yards. That's his career high. He threw against, he uh, put that number up against LSU in a win in 2020. And for the Hoosiers, he's thrown outside of the Idaho game where he threw 29 passes. He's thrown 52, 55, and 66 pass attempts against Illinois, Western Kentucky, and Cincinnati for 330 yards, 364, and then 280 against Cincinnati last week. So they're going to air it out. They're an air raid offense. Um, maybe they try to balance it out, knowing that they're going up against a very vulnerable Nebraska running defense. But even if they do try to balance it out, I still think they're going to go with that, with um, their identity of passing it up and against, again, a vulnerable Nebraska secondary, which 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 position group on this defense isn't vulnerable right now. So um I think he throws for uh, uh, over he'll, he'll hit the um, his Indiana career high over 364 passing yards. I don't know. He, he, I, I have him um, climbing toward that 400 total, but um, I have him passing for that that uh, Indiana career high in a loss. And I'll get to that in a second when we go through our final score predictions. But Greg, get me to stop talking here and go with your second bowl prediction. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, whenever I try to go through these, I'm, I'm thinking in my mind, like, 
what would be like something that kind of seems improbable that you just wouldn't believe happened? Um, and it actually, you guys really teed me up perfectly for this without even knowing, because everybody's talking about how, you know, they're going to, Indiana's going to throw it so much. And of course, you know, that means Nebraska's going to have a real opportunity to get a couple um, off of Indiana and get a couple of turnovers. I'm going to predict that Nebraska does not, in fact, get um, any interceptions as my bold prediction um, or my Is second that, bold prediction. That's not that bold. Come on, man. No, no, no. It, it's <laughs> Bold if you think somebody's interception they had this year. No, if you think somebody's going to throw it 55, 60 times, you would think in theory that's not that great of a quarterback there. He's fine. Um, that you would end up sorry, they're going to put that on the bulletin board. Um, you would think that the opposing defense would get, you know, one or two picks. Um, I don't think they're going to get one. I think that it's it's just such an interesting thing, and we'll get to this more too when we get into my final score prediction, is that it's just hard at this point to predict like really good things for Nebraska. Like it makes sense in a lot of ways, but then it just turns out to not be so, right? And so I think sticking with that theme, I'm gonna say, I'm with you. I think they're gonna throw it at least 50 times, but I don't think Nebraska's getting an interception in this game. That that analysis actually, and you're, uh, now I get it. Now you would get the full point <laughs> for the uh, correct prediction there, I think, uh, for the boldness of- That works. Have explanation yeah i'm glad you said that at the end because each one of these bold predictions videos maybe the exception of oklahoma we're all we've all sort of been um for the most part saying positive um predictions about nebraska and then it just i think the analysis the deep the explanations they make sense and then it just goes to be the exact opposite of what we think just like when we talked for like 20 minutes about how the rain was going to affect the georgia southern game and then it didn't <laughs> rain at all and then we didn't talk about the weather at all for um, for another game. Now I can't remember. And then it started raining. I think it was the Oklahoma game. Was, was that it? When it started, uh, it was raining before. It was sprinkling game. in the pregame. Yeah. 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 All the games are running together. There's been so much going on the last month. It's felt like five years. So excuse me for getting the, the games mixed up. But Steve, what's, uh, what's your weather-related bull prediction? No weather related bull prediction today, guys. But um, because I went with a kind of Indiana centered bull prediction my first time around, for my second, I'm going to go with the Nebraska offense. And because um, I, I think Casey Thompson probably has a really good shot just looking at Indiana's defense and how kind of leaky it is, they, they aren't very good. They, they screw up a lot back there, Indiana's pass defense. Uh, so I think it, there's an opportunity for Casey Thompson to have a big game. Um, but for that to happen, he needs to stay upright and the offensive line needs to block for him. But again, that's not my bull prediction. My bull prediction is Marcus Washington is going to have a Husker career high, eight catches for 100 yards and one touchdown. He's going to catch his first touchdown as a Husker against Indiana. And I choose my Marcus Washington because if I was Indiana's defensive coordinator, if I was Indiana, I would try to take away Nebraska's most dangerous threat at receiver and that's Trey Palmer. Trey Palmer has almost 30 catches on the season already. He's by far the top um, Casey Thompson's top um, target in the past game. So I'm trying to bracket Trey Palmer, put two guys on him, try to take him out of the game plan and let somebody else um, beat, beat you. And I think um, Marcus Washington will be that guy. And I think Marcus Washington's going to get going to have a nice game, eight catches for a hundred receiving yards, and he's going to catch his first Husker touchdown. Uh, I might be wrong, but if I'm not mistaken, I think that's the first Marcus Washington center bull prediction we've had, unless Steve it is. made one before. 
it's not like the time when we all three, I think, had something where Trey Palmer was going to catch a billion yards and have eight touchdowns or whatever it was for, I think it was the North Dakota game. It was probably North Dakota, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, we're switching it up. Marcus Washington, big day. Jeff, who's who's having the big or uh, not big day in your next bowl prediction? Well, I'll stick with the wide receivers, but I'll go on Indiana and saying someone has a big day, and that's going to be Cam Camper. Um junior college transfer from Trinity Valley Community College in Texas. Ari has 33 passes, 418 yards, but most of that came from two games were against Cincinnati and then um, trying to look here, Steve, you might know, but um, but regardless, two of the games combined for 250 yards. So he can pop off for a lot of yards and a lot of catches, and I think he does that with the passing attack Indiana has on Saturday. At least eight catches for 100 yards, and I'm not going to be surprised if he goes over that. Big body, too, so I think he matches up well in the, in the secondary. So we got two cams that Steve loves, Jones and Camper. Um, yeah, there are a lot of cams going around these days. He's uh, he's pumping his fist like – you know, I'm glad well, I, I pump my fist because like I'm watching these Indiana games and it's just like Cam Camper, Cam Camper. He's throwing a Cam Camper again. And I look look the guy up. He's a junior college. He's he's in his first year at Indiana. He comes from Trinity Valley, like Jeff said. And I keep thinking to myself, like, I mean, Nebraska had had a chance at you know a, a JUCO wide receiver, a highly touted JUCO wide receiver, and he can't get on the field and stay on the field. And then Indiana gets one, and he's catching ten passes a game, and is awesome for them. So I just, I don't know. I just, I love Jeff's pick. I like Cam Camper. He's a, like you said, he's a big body wide receiver. He's going to get a ton of targets. It's going to be really fun to watch whoever lines up across him, whether that's Quentin Newsom, Tommy Hill, Brandon Moore from the transfer from UCF. I don't know who's going to, who's, who's going to play the other corner. Um, that's kind of the state of Nebraska's defense now, but uh, yeah, Cam Camper, excellent pick Jeff. Good job. Everybody, everybody clap at Jeff for the, for the pick. <laughs> we all were all simultaneously happy. Cam Camper, that's also a hell of a college football name, isn't it? It's that's an excellent name. Great name. Great receiver. Name. Um, well, Cam Camper, their, uh, their passing attack, like we all, I think, agree, is, uh, is going to get some action. And um, for the, our final score predictions to start us off, I've, I've got Nebraska 38, Indiana 31. Um, uh, like I said before, I think this Indiana's offense is going to move the ball against Nebraska's defense. I just don't, I don't see an avenue for um, for Nebraska's a much maligned defense to uh, keep them off the scoreboard or uh, keep them from moving the ball. Um, they just they haven't been produ producing enough enough sacks or pressures to uh, make a difference consistently throughout throughout games. So even but even though I do think that um, Indiana's offense is going to be very successful. I do. I, I come back to the the turnovers prediction, which is very. It's such a variable turnovers force. is such a high variance, so it's um, maybe a um, risky, I guess, prediction. But that's what we why we call this bold predictions. Risky prediction to bet on a big time turnover to making the difference. But that's what uh, that's what I've got in store with a thirty eight thirty one final score prediction and right now the as, as we we're talking today the the spread is nebraska minus five and a half after opening as three and a half point favorites on sunday they're five and a half right now as we record we record this on thursday afternoon with a point total of 60 and a half and 
like I said, I try to keep it on the predictions on um, sort of a similar line to that. So I had, I would have Nebraska covering by a point and a half and the over hitting by, um, what is that? Uh, 69 points. So eight and a half, if I'm trying to do the math correctly. So Greg, you got, you got Nebraska covering, you got the over hitting. What, what do we got here? Uh, I do have the overhitting um, because I have Indiana 42, Nebraska 24. Um, I feel like I've been teetering on picking a couple of these like bad Nebraska losses uh, before. And then something just always says, no, this will be the time that they kind of bow up and, and it's okay. I think that unfortunately to me, the dam may be about to break for the program. Um, and this is not like, I don't think that that's really a hot take. I think that given the, the fragile state of what's going on and what is kind of at play here like I think that on one hand I really like the things that we've heard this week from Mickey Joseph um, from Bill Bush even some of the some of the stuff from Mark Whipple as well but especially the stuff from Bush about kind of simplifying things for the defense and being able to allow guys to get set so that they can play um, faster and they can be in position but I just don't, I don't think that this matchup is good for Nebraska at this point. I think that we, we've been talking about kind of the, the issues that Nebraska has had both in the secondary. I don't think that we've brought up the pass rush um, one time yet so far. I'll break it up now is that it kind of goes together, right? Nebraska has had a lot of problems getting after quarterbacks and really affecting the quarterback. And if you've got a team that is going to throw it 50 times in this game and they, in Nebraska does not, is not able to produce many sacks, um, if any, I think that that spells trouble for Nebraska's pass defense. I can see a big number going up on the board for Indiana. Um, I don't love the combination of Nebraska trying to then slow the ball down on the other side either, um, because I just think that that offensive line is not built to do that. We'll see. Um, so I've got Indiana 42, Nebraska 24, but hit, hammer the overs on the game if, if you're so inclined. Yeah, and a couple things. Number one, yeah, um, we, we talked all offseason throughout fall camp of uh, everything the coaches and players are saying sounds great. It's uh, it's positive. You can it's pretty easy to buy preseason um, uh, preseason hype and optimism, and uh, is it's kind of the same way when a new coaching staff sort of takes over a uh, new defense coordinator, new head coach. So I hear what you're saying on that, and then with the pass rush, I mentioned it for like two seconds uh, a little bit ago that they have not gotten enough consistent pressure, um, but they they haven't these tiny spurts, like at the beginning of the Oklahoma game, um, the very first drive against Northwestern, and then that completely got wiped out. Um, and then, like I said, the Nelson strip sack, the, uh, and then Nelson affecting that, that Buford pick, um, but hasn't been consistent enough. Again, I'm banking on them, uh, the pass rush showing up for at least a couple, two or three plays to, um, to help force uh, a, a couple a one or two game-changing Turnovers, like I uh, uh, alluded to, and like you said, the pass rush and secondary, like the coaches, like I think Travis Fisher um, was the first one I noticed to say it, uh, talk about it at length during fall camp of, yeah, they have to work in tandem. And I mean, that's an obvious thing. Doesn't matter which coach said it, it's just an obvious thing. But um, yeah, I think the, the a pass rush that was supposed to be much, much better than it has been hasn't shown up enough. And we'll see how that affect Saturday's game and we'll see Steve do you think that's uh, be an effect on the game what's your what's your final score prediction yeah so final score this is the first time that I'm picking Nebraska to lose 38 34 Indiana um I 
this is the game that Nebraska's defense just needs to show something, right? Just needs to show life. It, the past two games, they have not gotten stops. Um, one of them against Georgia Southern, the other against Oklahoma. Indiana is going to come in here. Everybody's, everybody's going to think that they're going to um, throw the ball. Walt Bell, former UMass head coach. I'm sure Mark Whipple and, and Walt Bell are going to have some UMass stories to share, to share before the game. Uh, but yeah, they're going to throw the ball, but <laughs> if they're, if they're sending out four wide receiver sets, they're going to spread the field. They're going to create a light box. And then it's going to be Sean Shivers, the Auburn transfer right up the gut. And it might be just Georgia Southern all over again. It, I mean, it might. And again, we all like Bill Bush. I think we can all safely say that Bill Bush is a good dude and, and, you know, he knows football really well, but at the end of the day, how much impact is he going to have? How much change is he going to have? I mean, probably not in my opinion, it's still going to be the same guys out there. We think, um, and, and those same faces just have not gotten it done. And I, I just think Indiana is going to move the ball. They might run it better than they have. Uh, they're, they're second to last in the, in the big 10 conference with rushing yards per game and, and yards per carry they're right next to Iowa. And you never want to be next to Iowa in an offensive stat at all, but they're there. And I'm just kind of curious. Remember, remember last year when Purdue came here, and everybody was talking about the passing offense, passing offense, but Purdue had the best rushing game of their entire season against Nebraska. It's like, of course they did. I'm, th I'm thinking like maybe the same along the same lines with Indiana. They're going to come in here with a high flying 50 plus pass per game um, offense and then maybe just, you know, end up getting 150 on the ground or something like that. So, um, yeah, 38, 34, Nebraska. This is the game that Nebraska's defense needs to to show up, show some life, and just show up, really. And it sounds like uh, you don't necessarily expect that to happen. And I wouldn't be—I don't think any of us would be surprised if they get if they get yeah. gutted on the ground again. Like I was saying, I—I I, I think maybe, like, a, um, yeah, you come in with this Indiana uh, um, hyped pass passing offense, and then well, we see all this stuff on film where we can really. Uh, exploit Nebraska's rushing offense just like or rushing defense just like everyone else has but I also um but I've, I've said this in the past or over the past uh couple of weeks ago um, I think it was after the Georgia Southern game where it looks like yeah I think if for the avenues for Nebraska to win or to win in shootouts and I think that's going to remain true for this game and and probably going forward so Jeff you uh you wrap us up with a final score prediction yeah, so I have 35-31 Indiana um, because, truth be told, I'm not going to pick Nebraska until they prove they can win. I mean, until things may be different now because the close losses that more has to do with coaching. And now, I guess, I think this game will be close. So I think we're going to see what kind of impact Mickey Joseph has in those close game situations. We all know that Frost wasn't good in those. Now let's see if Joseph, Mickey, can be good in those. And I think, yeah, I don't – just a thought about the defense. I don't know how much impact Bill Bush is going to have because you got to remember, it's not like coach Eric Shenander was bad. I mean, he led a top 30 defense last year. And if he had a couple more seasons like that, like he did a year ago, he was going to be in talks to be a head coach. So I think a lot of that has to do with the personnel and that really isn't going to change. And if new guys come in, they're, they're young and inexperienced so i think it more has to do with the personnel standpoint than scheme and so i still think they're going to struggle and again like i said this team hasn't proven they can win until they do 
I'm picking the opposition. Give me Indiana. Yeah, I think we have, we had talked about that coming in of the the questions of of young inexperienced players with the talent the talent is there, but the experience is not. So I think that's been showing up throughout and um, the get missed gap assignments, bad angles, pursuit angles to the ball, um, not um, the missed tackling issues. Uh, I think I can't remember the number offhand, so I don't want I don't want to give it and get uh, have gotten it wrong, but the missed tackles number is just kind of staggering through four games. Um, that's probably going to continue to be an issue because like we have talked about numerous times, those issues are fixed during the off season, not in season. So we'll see everybody here right now for their, their final score predictions are all two and two. We all predicted North, uh, Nebraska over Northwestern, Nebraska over uh, North Dakota, Nebraska over George Southern, Oklahoma over Nebraska. So we're all we're all two and two right now. So this is the breaking point. I got three against one. I'm the only one picking Nebraska. So one or the rest of you is about to go under 500 for uh, for the season so far. So it's a it's a united front against against the inside Nebraska publisher. But I'm ready. I'm I'm standing my ground. We're gonna have a 38-31 Nebraska win. I'm actually like not even firmly standing my ground. I. Already wrote up the concept for our <laughs> already <laughs> wobbling. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not waffling. I'm. I'm locking it in. Boom! It's keyed up. It's in there. Okay. Um, you're. Enjoy. You're reminding me of. I don't know if you're a Game of Thrones fan, but uh, Jon Snow when he gets tossed off the the horse in the final season, and and the army of horses is just bearing down on him, and he just like pulls out his sword, and he's just like one guy against like a thousand horses. That's you right now, Zach. Well, for our for our, our our watchers and listeners, Game of Thrones spoiler alert. Give you a couple <laughs> seconds to pause, skip forward, <laughs> or whatever before I say. Sorry, it. viewers. Yeah, Jon Snow was killed and came back to life. So you guys are all trying <laughs> to kill me, and I'm coming back to life uh, with with this prediction this weekend. But no, I, for our our Saturday story, uh, Ari wrote uh, my final, the write up for the final score prediction. And I said bluntly, like I could see this being this score being flipped, and it's Indiana thirty eight. Nebraska 31 when you when you put a, a prediction on the back of turnovers being a, a major turnovers force being a, a big um, factor in that you have to kind of um, you have to just uh, be forthright with yeah this is this is a, on a flimsy ground but hey it's a prediction that's what we're here for so you put you put it out there yeah I'm just I'm just letting the people know that it's not my most confident pick but um, but it's out there. All of our predictions are out there. So uh, we will find out who's right, who's wrong. If any of us are right, any of us is wrong. Um, on, on Saturday, kickoff is at 6.30 p.m. for the homecoming game against Indiana from Memorial Stadium. We'll, uh, we'll all four be there to, uh, to provide coverage and keep it locked into nebraska.rivals.com and the Inside Nebraska YouTube page. And uh, We'll keep it moving. So for Greg Smith, for Steve Marek, for Jeff Ekstrom, I'm Zach Carpenter, and we'll catch you guys the next time.